Hey there, and welcome to Process, a podcast where we talk about all the ups and downs of creating and making and how to manage them. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. This is episode number 37 with Violeta Netkova of creativerebelacademy.com. I'm really pumped for this episode because it's kind of nerdy, but (laughs) Violeta's from Bulgaria and I'm from Nicaragua, so we kind of bonded a little bit over being far from the U.S. and, you know, not having quick access to all the cool conferences and events and opportunities that happen over there. But uh, but in general, I'm really excited to, to talk to Violeta about what being a creative rebel means and how she became a creative rebel herself. So if you don't really follow all the rules, if you know, you're not really into doing what everybody else is doing online, creating and making, then this episode is for you. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Violeta, and thank you so much for being on Process. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So tomorrow's your birthday and you're in the middle of a huge launch. This is an exciting time to be speaking to you. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, and to tell everybody who's listening, what are you launching um, and and when? (laughs) It's funny because tomorrow is my 30th birthday. So like I've lived three decades, which is crazy to think about. And um, when I was deciding to launch uh, the Creative Rebel Academy you know, in January, I was like, okay, my birthday is then, and I'm kind of superstitious. So I decided to make my birthday count. And it was Friday the 13th. So I was like, this is three good things. (laughs) Well, first of all, happy um, birthday. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And Friday the 13th, usually, like, I I love that you see it as a positive thing. I remember growing up being like, scared of it. (laughs) <laughs> for me in my family is a good thing because my mom is also born on the 13th so awesome. it happens <laughs> so tell us about the creative yeah. rebel academy yeah the creative rebel academy is like this place where we can be talking honestly about things and creative business and stuff because i feel like there's been a you know a lot of uh, advice on the internet and a lot of blueprints and a lot of honestly just a lot of things that are not necessarily helpful to all of us because you know most of us are so creative and I feel like if you're a creative person and you start you know getting all of this conflicting business slash marketing advice that you're supposed to be implementing right away it's so stressful for you know, for us, and we feel like we're selling out and stuff. And to be honest, I I did not feel like selling out because like, I'm a marketer myself. But, um, but I've always felt like marketing as most people see it, like as something sleazy as something like pop ups and stuff is not my kind of marketing. So I've always, um, I've always found myself leaning towards more authentic and rebellious things which is why I decided that oh you know I know a lot of creative rebels as I call them and I am one so let's just start this movement this community and let's create this new place for everyone because obviously my personal blog uh, my personal website is not enough Um, I needed some kind of 
clubhouse for us all to have fun and and just be ourselves and tell it like it is you know so, yeah yeah no that that makes sense um and i'm a part of a few um kind of like makers communities myself so i, I can see the value mm-hmm. in in creating something like this can you share with us what led you to um to this point have you been doing you know have you been an online business for a while tell us a little bit about your background okay so basically when i graduated i started doing really sucky jobs <laughs> just what you're supposed to do and then but you know during those times i would always do my online projects because i felt like it was it was something i always did like a hobby um and and i just uh, sorry <laughs> and i just kept coming back to it but i never thought it would be something that could bring me money you know nobody tells you oh this could bring you money so i just did it for fun and sometimes even for other people for free and one day i saw this kind of wave this change happening online of of people actually doing what they loved and for money and i realized that what i was doing you know for love was kind of like marketing so i started learning more about marketing because uh because i didn't obviously know all about it i just knew from the things i've been doing you know community work and just uh writing and twitter so i learned some more and i got really into it i started working with startups um i started consulting then i became a coach but um throughout my kind of line of work i've been on both sides of the marketing spectrum you know on one side is the growth hacking um kind of just grow fast grow at any cost and just like um not really thinking about values like not really about sorry not really thinking about the authenticity that needs to come with that so i was just purely for money and i was loving it because i was learning a lot of trip tricks and tips and stuff but eventually i just grew very very disillusioned with marketing because of you know the hacks side of it um i was disappointed that all i was doing was tricking people into thinking something or doing something or buying something or whatever so basically one day i said i'm never going to be doing marketing again which is ridiculous of course because if you're really good at something you know give it you know a chance um and actually what i needed that year when i almost gave gave it up have and um, it, it's interesting sorry. that you um that you shared all that because one of the ways that i found you was through somebody who's been on the podcast in the past which is caroline kelso and she's all about you know like authentic yeah. marketing um so so yeah it makes total sense Branding, that, yeah. that you that you bring this up how are you going about marketing you know the the academy in an authentic way without feeling 
you know, that you're selling out and stuff like that? Yeah, I I guess I have a whole strategy, you know, a kind of a, like a pyramid of writing slash um, choosing a channel that you you're really good at. In my case, Twitter and uh, community in this case is big because I feel like communities are such an organic way to grow, um, you know, a business slash brand slash project slash movement. So I think. I think the community here is key and it's my top priority at the moment. Um, and it's just having fun in the community, you know. Right now I'm collecting challenges for us all to do and, um, you know, just making sure everyone is not just there to have fun but also and, and to talk about the weather, <laughs> but also kind of push each other creatively and grow together. Um, and also, obviously, the academy is also about learning together. So that's going to be a huge part of it. So I feel like I feel like the organic part comes with the people, because when you create something of value, people share it and they tell their friends and they're having fun and they're sharing, you know, silly pictures of, uh, you know, themselves doing something um, on social and um, and I feel like this is the the part that was missing last year in my business, the community part uh, and the fun part, because because when I came back to marketing, you know, I reframed it to authentic marketing, to creative marketing. And now I am reframing my business to a more community centered um, business and I feel like I'm always doing this you know I kind of get lost I kind of experiment a little and finally I land on something that works perfectly for me and for my peeps and just like everyone's happy you know yeah and it, and it sounds like I mean just from experience I know that you do spend a lot of time on Twitter um, yeah <laughs> Twitter's it, it seems like you're there almost all day how do you yeah how do you how do you handle the the tweeting the replying um you know i feel like you're constantly sharing really good articles how does that balance out with the rest of your tasks so basically i am addicted to twitter it's it's kind of like netflix you know you you can't stop doing it um, I seem like I'm there all day because sometimes I am. I pop in and out like every hour or every two hours just for a few minutes. And uh, maybe to someone it would seem like a waste of time. But to me, this is my strength. You know, it, it felt like the platform gave me um, uh, it fit my personality so well that I could that I could bring value to the world in this way. And, and sharing the articles is another one of my strengths, you know, curating and finding interesting things. And that's, that's why um, I keep trying to, you know, remind fellow rebels that we need to stick to our strengths and to really, really um, use them in our business because because if you're not using your strength, then why do you have it? Um, or, or if you're trying to follow some kind of advice on the internet and it's not what you're really good at, why are you torturing yourself in this way? 
And um, and honestly, I spend all of my time doing what I'm um, good at. And when I'm not good at something or if it's, you know, like draining for me or whatever, I try to either outsource it or uh, try to come up with a certain time in the week when I just say, okay, fine, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do it right now and it's going to be over with. But honestly, I, I prefer outsourcing because like, if, if you're really good at what you do and you do it, it shows. And um, if you hire someone, for example, and they're really good at what they do and they do it for you, it shows. So like your business is this whole kind of, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's this working organism that is really um, well, um, I don't know, <laughs> works well. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I guess I'm just curious about um, how specifically, like technically, do you get it done? Do you use the mobile website? Do you use twitter.com on your browser? Do you use Buffer to share your all the articles that you're reading? Or are you literally just, when you read an article, you tweet it in that moment? Or do you schedule it for later? Um, what does a workflow I, look like? Okay, so I used to do very bad Twitter. <laughs> like I used to tweet things immediately as I thought them, as I found them. And that seemed to be very, very annoying and very um, um, like it wasn't smart business wise because because, for example, I would tweet everything during one time of the day and I would flood some people and then the other people would miss out because I'm not there. So I decided to use Buffer and, um, you know, evenly space those shares, those tweets, etc. So now everything is evenly spaced. Sometimes I would do a Twitter storm in the moment or whatever, but the articles are almost always um, scheduled because... Um, uh, so that everyone gets to see what I've been sharing, I guess. Okay. And I mean, that leads me to my next question in terms of time zones, because you live in Europe, correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the majority of the people that you're interacting with, are they in the U.S.? Are they yeah. in Europe? They're mostly in the U.S. Okay. So how do you handle being so far away from the people that you're connecting to? I think I just got used to it. Um, it's a kind of compromise on both sides. I feel like, um, you know, if I want to talk to someone or if I want to work with someone, um, I just kind of ask them, is it okay for you to, you know, work on this or talk uh, early in the day so that I can do it, you know, later in the day, but it's it works for us both. And most people say, most people are very understanding and they say, yeah, sure, no problem. Um, even my uh, assistant, she's, she's in the States. So um, every time I stop working, she starts working. So it's like, so um, we're very um, separate in time zones in this way but if it's not something super urgent it, it doesn't really matter who does what when um the important thing is not to let it bother you i guess okay and 
Tell me about this assistant. Is this um, a full-time position with you or when did you take on an assistant? No, I I took her on uh, a week ago. <laughs> this is so new. Okay, awesome. So, Tell me about this process. Yeah, it's just that um, I've always, like all of my fellow, you know, creative business owners, we we think we can find an assistant when we're rich or, you know, when we can afford it. Technically, I can't, I mean, I can't afford it, but barely. And you kind of want to be like, to fully be able to afford it and enjoy it and not be worried about money at all, right? But, um, you know, I actually really needed the help. I really needed the help for the launch. I was stressing out. I was getting sick. I was getting sick all the time, almost every week. And... <laughs> And it was this beautiful thing that was stressing me out. So I couldn't even enjoy it. So this is why I said, you know what? If if this is going to happen, we are going to hire someone. I did. And I'm so happy I did because in one week, it's been like the whole difference in the world. Um, I How feel did you more find relaxed. Um, well, <laughs> Funny enough, I I wrote in a Facebook book, uh, a Facebook group. Sorry, everyone answered at once. So many people. I started vetting and so on and so forth. And my uh, my friend Meg Kissack from That Hummingbird Life, she said, "Oh, you're looking for an assistant. I know the perfect person." And um. Yeah, that that was that person. Um, she was also Meg. So, so basically, I found it through a friend. Even though I had so much, so many people to choose from, I feel like maybe the best recommendations come from close friends because they know what you're all about and they know what you may need uh, better than you know strangers on the internet. I guess. Yeah. No, that that makes uh, perfect sense, and. So yeah. you're in this Facebook group, um, you're creating an, um, you know, the, the, the rebel Academy, how many communities are you participating in on a, on a day-to-day -day basis apart from Twitter, which is, you know, a community yeah. in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, uh, I don't participate much in Facebook groups, even though I want to, it's like. It's like on one hand, everyone says it's so good for your business, so good for clients, you know, finding people, it's, um, you know, motivating, talking to people and so on. But I do not like Facebook personally, like the platform just turns me off. So same. So, here. I, <laughs> so I really try sometimes, but at the end of the day, I, I just gave up. <laughs> I even give up on my Facebook group. I mean, I didn't give up on it. Uh, someone someday will, you know, um, manage it. But at this point in time, I cannot do it. And uh, I don't really want to. And this is why I started a community on Slack. And it's so much better because I, I just click with Slack so much better. Yeah, I, I've used Slack for... I think since it's, since it first came out when I had a when I was yeah. running my own business I used it with my team and then I've been in a few Slack groups um Slack chats with with different uh groups of entrepreneurs and and it's been a good time. I currently am I don't have it installed on my computer because I don't have the time 
to <laughs> interact. And then I always feel like it's so hard catching up. So what is your plan for, you know, I feel like the majority of the people who are listening have probably heard of Slack, uh, might interact either business-wise like, or on, you know, in the career side or just on their on the learning side and their own personal side mm -hmm. in a Slack group. How do you plan to keep everyone engaged on Slack and uh, keep people up to date when they can't log in every day? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's difficult, but it's also fun uh, when you when you think of it as, oh, my God, I have to grow this community. I have to, like, engage everyone. I have to keep everyone updated and stuff like that. When I think all of those thoughts, I stress out and I I end up not achieving my goals, if you know what I mean. I, I over think things and I just uh, when you focus on the growth and the engagement and those kind of goals that are for your business you you kind of miss miss the point of community and the point of community is to, co to connect and to literally you know engage people in a way that you can't with your other you know mediums like your email or your blog or whatever so this is another level this is the next level and it's a really personal level because in the in slack you can talk about anything you can sh show each other you know your pictures of your cats and you know um see who's where and visit each other and it gets really personal and i feel like you need to enjoy it you need to learn to enjoy community without thinking of it as a business commodity uh even though it is um and obviously at at first it's always hard to get everyone going sometimes it just goes off by itself by a miracle but most of the time you have to keep, keep kind of nudging people because you know everyone's busy everyone's in different communities and stuff like that i feel like to it, Like to really engage a community, you need to have um, engaging things happening, obviously. Right now, we're doing some challenges. We're doing um, this list of challenges and every challenge is going to last a week. And every member of the community is contributing a challenge. And it's so much fun to see, you know, who challenges to do what. And some of the challenges are hilarious. And I cannot wait to see what people do. And obviously, I'm going to encourage people to take pictures of themselves doing the challenge because we have to collect those. <laughs> and um, I feel like it needs to be fun above all else. And obviously the second thing it needs to be is to be useful and helpful. So if if the goal of the community, so basically a community cannot just be a community. Um, right now I'm vetting people really, really a lot because I know what the people, who the people in my community are, what they need to achieve, what stage they are on. So. So if I admit people who are like not clicking with our values or or do not have the same goals, it's like it's going to be a disservice to them and to us. So um, it's like I need to do this to make sure that we're the right people in the community so we can truly build one another, uh, build each other up. So 
so it feels when when it's the right people, it feels more natural to engage them. And also, um, oh, I forgot my thought. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I, I I get what you're trying to say here, and you know it it. <clears throat> Vetting people is, is a very difficult process. Are these people yeah. that you have interacted with in the past? Or are you, uh, I mean, kind of like on what terms are you looking to vet them? Yeah, it's uh, it's really simple, actually. Um, if, if it's people I know, I usually know that it, they are my people. It's like um, I attract very specific people because I'm a very specific person. Uh, the when the brand is, you know, like um, shares a specific me message, it's natural for the right people to be attracted to it. So, so if I've had conversations or you know projects or whatever with those people, and I know them, of course I'm gonna, you know, accept them and everything. But for example, sometimes people apply because they don't know why. You know, for example, sometimes I get applications from people who do not have a website, who do not have anything other than a Facebook profile and they share funny, you know, videos or whatever. And and it's like you're not even uh, like I, I cannot invite someone without a uh, an online presence because this is like point number one that you need, you know, because you need and to stalk them. <laughs> potentially. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like this is this is kind of spam material, you know, like, oh, look at this funny video of cats or whatever. You know, I, I don't need that in my community. I need to to be positive, to be fun and also to be helpful. And our our common goal is to kind of be more creative and more rebellious and grow our creative businesses. So maybe someone with a business that is not creative at all is not going to be well suited for our community um so or someone you know i'm more than happy to accept someone who is creative who wants to start something for themselves of course but um but if you're not looking to start anything or you're not creative at all it's just not the place for you you know that's very simple. Yeah, and I'm curious what kind of stuff you like to create. Oh, well, I mean, I've always been a writer. This is my love, eternal love. Um, I've always written anything I could think of. Um, poetry, you know, fiction, nonfiction, fan fiction. Um, I love writing because I lose myself in it. And it kind of flows for me, especially if I make it a habit of like writing every day, then it's really, really pleasant. It's not like, oh, my God, I have to write or, oh, my God, I don't know what to write about. It just comes out because it's scheduled to come out. And um, and what else do I like creating? I love creating webs. Well, I mean, I love creating the websites for my projects like my websites and I love creating, you know, sometimes um, images in Photoshop and I've never done it for anyone else. Uh, I just love bringing, creating this whole thing, this whole project and bringing it into the world. This is my favorite thing to do. So for example, the Academy, same thing, 
you know, I needed to create the website, the images, you know, to think of the copy, um, think of all the parts of the puzzle. And I guess that's what I love creating the most, um, a puzzle. <laughs> and that makes sense. And we were talking right before we started recording, you said that the launch of the Academy is going really well. I'm curious as to how do you deal, and, and first of all, I congratulate you on that. I think that's awesome. How do Thanks. you, yeah, how do you deal when things are not going so well? What is it like uh, to be in business by yourself? Well, I know now you have an assistant, but uh, previously you didn't. To face obstacles, what does it feel like? And, and how do you prepare for, for the tough times? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, all of us have so many of those times. Um, it's like this. Sometimes you would, especially if you're like me, you could go into the depression or, uh, you know, some kind of low uh, period where you're not feeling very motivated. You you know, you get up and you don't really want to do your work or whatever. When this happens, I honestly just give myself a break of a month or two at least. I mean, I I can afford it. Um, so I just uh, basically I tell myself my your health is most important to me. So I'm giving you this time to rest or to you know, to rethink things or whatever you need. So I would occasionally, maybe once a year, give myself a time to recharge and rethink things if if I'm confused or whatever, or if things are not working because sometimes you're just shouting into the void and nobody's listening. So when that happens, that's very, very discouraging. And I have found that endless patience is what you need at the end of the day uh, because because you're not going to make it in your first year you're not going to make it maybe even your second year and if you want something of quality of value you will have to deal with a lot of um downtimes and not even you know all this um you know sometimes it's it's unmotivated time. Sometimes it's no one's listening time. And sometimes it's it's just miscommunication or whatever. But whatever happens, um, patience is your only friend um, to continue doing the thing you love. Because obviously you don't want to stop. You don't want to give, give up and just say, okay, I'm out. <laughs> Which sometimes we get those thoughts, right? The the the, the yeah. trick is not acting on it. Um, yeah. And if you were to give somebody, you know, the the number one top creative, because uh, you know the, the creative Rebel Academy, it's it's in it's in the name of your new product. <laughs> um, if you were to give somebody your top creativity tip, what would it be? My top creativity tip. It would be, you know, people often say, get out of the box, you know, think differently and stuff like that. But it feels like this is such vague advice that you don't know how to apply it. So I would probably rephrase it. Um, you know, sit down 
and make a list of all the things that are not that you do not like that weigh on you that drain you that you want to change that you want to make better just all of those things that need improvement or whatever then um then just kind of think if i had never heard advice about these things if if nobody ever told me how to do these things what would be fun to do what would be a fun thing to do in this situation with this thing what would be my kind of way to do this uh you know if i never knew how to do it because because the thing is that we read all of these books and how to articles and um you know uh courses and workshops and i've you know i've all did on these things as well in the past the more i do that the less creative i get hands down this is the biggest creativity maybe the second biggest creativity killer for me is owing on information how to do something because in the end you need to learn to do it your way you know to figure out what works for you so so to get out of the box just forget what you were taught or you learned or you read about it and just think what would be a fun way to do this in my own way and uh when i've done this for basically every aspect of my life and work i've come up with really really great results that's awesome thank you for sharing that and i and i i also want to thank you for taking the time i mean i know right now is like critical launch and birthday time <laughs> for you so we're you know grateful that you that you took the time to share all this with us. So thank you for being on the show, Violeta. And um, where can everyone find you? Uh, so everyone can find me on the creativerebelacademy.com <laughs> and they can find me on my personal website, violetanetkova.com. And of course, they can find me on Twitter at violetanetkova because I'm always there, as I said. <laughs> Seriously, always there. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. So anyways, thanks so much. And um, if everybody wants to check out the Academy, please do so at creativerebelacademy.com. Thanks, Violeta. Thanks, Marcella. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 37 of Process. And I hope you enjoyed that interview with Violeta Nedkova all the way from Bulgaria. So... I'd really appreciate it if this episode resonated with you. If you'd hop on over to iTunes and give us a maybe five star, maybe four star, maybe five review and um, just leave us your comments. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. And next week, I'll be back with Spencer Fry of Coach, which is a project dedicated to helping creators make a living off their passion. And who doesn't want that, right? So... Thanks for listening. I'm Marcela, your host. I'll be back next week with more on managing the ups and downs of the creative journey.